Welcome to No Clip Pocket. Type better, email faster, work smarter. I'm Chad Rothermans. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Nanotail Typing Chronicles, uh, which was a game that was developed and published by Fishing Cactus, uh, was also published by Plugin Digital and 2P Games, and was released on October 23rd, 2020 on the PC. Uh, and the reason that it was re- released exclusively on the PC, though I guess there's an argument to be made that some consoles are capable of this now, it's definitely less than convenient most of the time, mm-hmm. uh, is that this is a typing game, uh, and it is the follow-up to a game that we did a, several years ago now uh, called Epistory, uh, also subtitled Typing Chronicles. Yep. And uh, so this game actually doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so I guess I think it's also on Mac because Epistory was right. So, but yeah, um, it's a very obvious follow-up to Epistory. There's a lot of the same things in here. You play as a girl who rides around on a fox who cast magical spells by typing the names of them in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to make the comparison um, to a recent episode we did on uh, Telling Lies. Right. Because Telling Lies was a f- spiritual follow-up to a game called Her Story. Mm-hmm. And while I still think Telling Lies is a good game, it does kind of feel like it's Her Story again, but with a different <laughs> story. Um it's being overly simplistic, but um, this game, I think, very easily could have felt the same way, but I think it does enough different stuff or iterates on the concept enough that it feels, like, significantly different. It feels like an improvement or, like, an iteration on the idea and not just, like, the same thing again. Sure. I, I This is very interesting to me, and it's going to be probably a fairly interesting podcast because of it um because my thoughts when you brought up the comparison were i am glad that we chose to do this as a pocket episode we did the original even though it is similarly short as a full episode one because pocket didn't exist at the time and two because the game is interesting enough in in its in how different it is from other games even in its overarching sort of, like, RPG genre, mm-hmm. uh, that it was something that we could really, we could get into. We could talk about, like, how it implements its RPG elements and how the typing is done and all that stuff. Whereas, I feel like this game is so similar that I find it the opposite to uh, to Telling Lies, which I felt was a game that did, that felt like it had different goals and did different things in order to service those whereas this game feels like it was it has the same goals and it just attempted to iterate and in my opinion i don't think it did it particularly well Mm. (laughs) i i would agree i feel like telling lies had different goals but in the execution was like the same and this is kind of the opposite where it has the same goals in a different execution. execution I can kind of see that, yeah. That's kind of getting muddy there, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I just feel like a lot of, like, the criticisms and things we had of Epistory, this game addresses, like, um, I went back and listened to the episode, because I hadn't since we put it out, I don't think, 
um, once I started playing Nanotail, and I was like, it almost feels like the developers listened to our episode. <laughs> um, and it's not impossible that they did. You know, yeah. they're a pretty small developer. But because uh, one of the big things that stood out to me right off the bat, it was like this is the perfect solution to this thing that we harped on about is how they handled the movement this time. Right. Um, they had this weird um, setup, and I don't even remember what the keys were because they were, like, scattered all across uh, so that you could keep your hands on the home keys right. and move. And I tried to do that because I was like, I don't like the idea of, like, having to move my hand to start typing because I feel like I'll get clumsy fingers if I do that. Yeah. So I tried to use the their wonky controls, <laughs> uh, and then if there was ever any kind of like a slidey ice puzzle, I would just use the arrow keys. But this time, it seems like such an obvious solution once they implement it, is that they just made it, instead of WASD, they made it ESDF. Right. So you can just keep your fingers where they would be to type, but it feels the same as WASD. And I was like, perfect. Yep, there it is. And, like, it, it, it took only a little bit of time to get used to. Uh, like, for a while, I would, like, habitually Yeah, I did that back. a few times. Yeah. Even, but. but once you get used to it, it does feel very natural. Um, and actually moving around in this game, barring a few kind of unusual examples... Uh, worked pretty well. I think that, yeah, like, the movement was overall improved. Yeah. The point where I felt like it wasn't an issue this time around. So I thought that was cool to see as an improvement. And another thing I really like that they did is um, it, they added modifiers for your spells. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you type in, like, spark or ice, water, etc., uh, whatever all they are, to use those spells. But then you also have modifiers like ray... And then you can modify that even further by saying, like, you want to shoot a long one. So yeah. you type, like, Ray, long, <laughs> ice, and then you type the word. Uh, I thought that was really engaging, and I liked how that stuff could, like, affect the environment as well. Yeah. I That kind of is... I mean, I don't know. We're just kind of going to do our own thing, I think, on this episode. Uh -huh. I am incredibly torn on the way that puzzles were handled in this game, because... By and large, like, if you just looked at every every instance of puzzle individually, there are more puzzles in this game than there were in Epistory by a country mile. Oh, yeah. And that is cool, because I, I like that, because otherwise your primary and almost only engagement mechanically with the game is just type fast. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and, like, I like type fast... But me also like do puzzle, <laughs> so uh, like <laughs> in a way that is that's that is a welcome relief. Like I liked being able to spend some time doing things that were not just wave based combat. Yeah, I think that's the biggest difference between the two. Is Epistory feels closer to like the kind of educational games to typer shark yeah to two exactly that's my touchstone yeah uh, the, the classic pop calf game typer shark <laughs> uh it's wave-based typing as enemies come you're just in the middle of the screen enemies come at you you type them before they get to you to kill them mm -hmm. um and this feels like it's trying to lean a lot further towards the side of just being like a top-down zelda-ish style game that you control with typing because like you move around the overworld and there's just enemies there and you can just pop the book open at any time and type at them yep and it tries to yeah integrate puzzles into the world like a zelda style thing and 
I, I think it's probably, at least this would be my guess, because I like this game quite a bit, but I've seen a lot of people who I think I get the impression, like you, uh, have like mixed feelings on it, is I don't think it does it super gracefully all the time, but I, even with a little bit of like a, a botched uh implementation in places I, for me it worked like it was totally worth it mm -hmm. yeah uh okay so i i don't necessarily want to say that i'm mixed i think in the at the end of the day i'm still positive on this game i think that most of the things that they did to improve what was already in epistory were real improvements i think that i enjoyed a lot of them the the reason i bring up the puzzles in sort of a, a wavering light mm -hmm. is because the well one i think that there being a lot of puzzles is a good thing and i think that their implementation of of like entering typing mode is a great idea and makes both the overworld traversal and combat more engaging because you can move around and do shit in between right my problem is that I felt like the puzzles were n themselves were not as varied as the ones that were in Epistory. And I realize it's asking a lot of a developer to make more puzzles <laughs> of the same level of intricacy that they were in the game where there were less of them. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I, like, it does make me feel like, okay, maybe I'm overstepping bounds here, but the number of times that I solved a puzzle by just being like large pull this mm. was um, higher than I would want. I would say yeah. you just sort of type the same kind of stuff. Yeah. I might just be misremembering, but I feel like I feel kind of the opposite. <laughs> I mean, I, I could also be. Yeah. Cause I feel like I barely remember there even being puzzles in Epistory. <laughs> like I remember they were like ice move around on ice kind of puzzles yeah you had the move around on ice puzzles but that's power... all that i really remember <laughs> the power plant had the mazes where you had to light up the different uh things in order to move the stuff the floating aisles had the wind puzzles where you had to activate mm. the windmills and stuff right and that was basically like it was more like a zelda dungeon setup in that game where you would get a new power and they would introduce something that was related to that power that was your puzzle and this game does a similar thing and then does a better job of, of actually letting you use all of your different abilities in order to solve puzzles in different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love that. I just think that there were a lot of puzzles that were just like, use a spell here to raise the ground, right. use a spell here to move something out of the way. It's like, if there was a little bit more intricacy to the puzzles, I would have been happier. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's not a criticism so much as like a wish list item for yeah. Typing Chronicles 3. <laughs> but like that's something that I I kept feeling like, especially in the the laced the laced. <laughs> we were a long A on the A on that one. Uh <laughs> um, in the last area of the game, uh in the, the the desert. The desert area. I felt like a lot of the puzzles ended up being kind of copy paste mm. and that was that was my that's when I got tired of it which was far enough in the game that I guess it doesn't matter as much yeah it just I might just yeah like I said just not remember the puzzles in Epistory well enough but um yeah I just feel like in this there were puzzles where I actually had to like stop and think about how to like use like which things to combine like, it felt like you had enough elements that you always actually had to stop and puzzle something out. Mm -hmm. And I, in a way that I liked, it actually did kind of... Because I feel like the comparisons to Zelda with Epistory, I felt, were, like, a lot more just, like, 
the style of game, yeah. like that it's a top-down style thing. And in this, I felt like the puzzles actually got to like scratching a Zelda kind of itch for me. I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of pushing sheep, I guess. That may have been the... That was the death knell for me. Uh-huh. Oh, I gotta push his damn sheep again. <laughs> uh, did you have an example of uh, anything else that we had talked about before that uh, you think that they did better this time around? Uh, well, n- not as specific as those ones we already brought up, but there were things like um, we talked about the papercraft art style of the original game, and we kind of talked about how we liked it a lot. It's like a cool visual style, yeah. but it felt like it was kind of confusing because they didn't really use that thematically at all, and they were like enemies were like bugs, and we're like, how does that relate to paper? <laughs> and it just kind of seemed like a cool visual style that they just kind of picked because they thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they were right. It was Yeah, cool. it was. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, I think it was smarter in this to go for more just like of a more normal kind of art style and less of a specific thing. So yeah. you don't end up feeling that way. Like there's what's the point of the paper craft. Right. So I thought that was smart. And hmm, I feel like I had something else, but now I'm kind of blanking on it. Uh, oh, the story. Oh, yeah. I think this game, uh, I think, actually, I think is a little bit weaker than an epistory. Because I think in this style of game, it's better to have a vaguer story and to kind of just the fun of it, just be, just be playing through it. And there's kind of like some backstory and like a shoestring kind of narrative to pull you through it, which is basically what epistory had. And this tries to do a bit more with its story. But I don't think it does it particularly well. Like, it's one of those... Some games, you mash A through the dialogue with NPCs. Mm -hmm. In some games, you read it. (laughs) And this falls on the mash through the dialogue side for me. Where I I just kind of didn't care. Yeah. I I think that there is a divide between, like, what they imagined were the important parts of the narrative and which were the NPC parts of the narrative. Uh, Because the, the... the major events in the story, I thought, were all well-written enough. Yeah, and... yeah. It, I don't mean to imply that it was bad. Right, yeah. I'm just saying that, like, I read those, and I yeah. read sort of, like, the dialogue between the main characters. But the NPC dialogue is pretty asinine. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of them are very sort of, like, cut-and-dry, simple characters with, like, one-note personalities, and I realize that it's an NPC in a game and you don't expect them to all, all to be vibrant. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they want you to talk to a lot of them. And every time that I talked to one of them, I felt like I didn't really get anything out of it. Yeah, it was nice that you had to type to start talking to them mm-hmm. and you had to like ask them questions. So I thought that was cool. I think they could have integrated the typing even more into the dialogue to maybe make it a bit more engaging. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a first step on on the way to something that could be very cool. Yeah. Um, Given more, I don't know, time or, like, even if maybe this just wasn't a priority for them. Yeah. But if they were able to make, like, dialogue trees in the the way of, like, you know, like a Telltale game or a Life is Strange kind of thing. Yeah, you have multiple options to type. Yeah, you just type out your responses. Um, Yeah, I I think it was a good... um, idea to to add in more like video gamey like rpg elements like having towns with people Mm -hmm. i just think 
maybe a fewer number with like you know that are more fleshed out or a little bit less generic feeling yeah. would probably be the way to go. Uh I do want to shout out because I, what I thought of as I was talking about this um, is the idea of like having to type out a whole response to a question that's like multiple <laughs> sentences long. Um, the the level up screen when you get a new ability, like there's a lot of abilities that are like sprint, and you just yeah sprint done finished it but then there's one that's like more damage to basic rat enemy (laughs) it makes you type the whole thing yeah that's one thing uh that that stood out to me is whenever they give you really long string like a whole sentence like that Mm -hmm. it was really hard not to hit the space bar yep which turns off the book mode well it doesn't matter in the level up screen right but um i just like that always would trip me up because i'm like i do it and then i'm like oh yeah i don't need to and then i you know (laughs) like i keep typing and i'm like i fuck up and i have to start over uh so yeah i think that you run into that hurdle when you want them to if you wanted the player to type more Mm -hmm. you'd either have to make them hit the space bar or something and I want to I want to call out because I don't think it's bad to make the player type a whole bunch of stuff. Um, the perennial typing game that everyone who talks about a typing game will have to come back to at one point or another, Typing of the Dead, mm. has an incredibly memorable boss uh, whose whole shtick is that they slowly approach you, but you have to type these huge long like every enemy in the game is just like one word, you two have to type words. Like a paragraph. You have to type like a big paragraph for every point of damage that you deal to him, uh, and it's it is it's really memorable and it's like a big shake up from what you would normally do. Um, and this game doesn't really do that mechanically. It does have a few times where you have to type a lot, but. Uh, it would be interesting to see that implemented, but even if they didn't want to, I just want to differentiate that, like, it's weird that they make you type a whole sentence in this one instance, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily a bad thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you open the book with Spacebar, so I think if you changed that, and then maybe you could implement something like that, like like in Typing of the Dead, where it's in a boss fight mm-hmm. where you had to type out a paragraph. Uh, and then if people out of habit type the space, that it doesn't close the book. Right. <laughs> and yeah. you can actually do it that way. Um, mm, I do. I actually want to talk about this game has boss fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, story I like. I assume it did, but none of them are coming to mind. It didn't. It was just waves. Uh, well, yeah, you could you could say that the final wave in each nest was like the boss wave, right. but it didn't have like a boss that you fought. It was just waves of enemies. Okay, that that is good because it means that my brain hasn't entirely corroded over the last three <laughs> years. But yeah, this has actual like boss fights that are different from the waves of enemies. Yeah, and I actually liked them by and large. Yeah, me too. Um, it, it's something it felt like a logical like next step mm-hmm. uh, to actually try and implement some bosses. Um, and yeah, and I like even like that the last one does just summon waves of enemies at you. Like I thought that was like a cool subversion. Um, because the first two work in a certain way where you're going to have to, like, use the environmental effects against them, which is cool. And then I like that it switched it up for the last one. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it, and it does, it kind of, like, calls back to the first game where that was, like, the primary thing. Mm-hmm. And the wave-based combat's actually pretty rare in this game. Yeah. It's yeah. not something that comes up a lot. And I'm... I'm going to sound like such a wishy-washy piece of <laughs> shit, because I do love the boss fights, and I like that there's a lot of overworld sort of, like, individual enemies and little puzzles to do that you're typing for, but they also took the arena mode out of this game, uh, which means... That, I didn't even check. Yeah, there's, like, no way to just, like, boot the game and then just type a lot, which it sounds like a weird thing to want, but, like, <laughs> when you're playing this kind of a game, like... Sometimes, like, you feel, you just feel hot, you know? You're like, I'm, I'm on it today. I just want, like, a real challenge or a test. And unless you're at that point in the narrative, it isn't going to give it to you. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Because, um, yeah, yeah, like, the original does feel, like, a little bit more, like, arcade mm-hmm. if you will, in that way. Where, like, it's more about, like, carrying your combo through the overworld and like yeah as you said it has the arena mode so you can just type a bunch and this yeah this one's way more just like it's it eventually in a top-down adventure game. game yeah you know it's it's a lot less focused on the um because like the uh, with epistory um i brought this up when we talked about it is that it's not an educational game mm-hmm. but it does feel like it wants to like help you improve your typing speed and it tracked your words per minute yeah this game doesn't right um so yeah it doesn't even have combos yeah it's so it's it shows you like that difference in uh in in goals like we said at the beginning um it's yeah it shifted a little bit more to just wanting to be a game unless like it wants to be a typing game (laughs) if that makes sense yeah i think it does and if they chose to do the things that they did out of the idea of like we want to make a a, re, a quote-unquote real game mm-hmm. using typing as just your interface, then they this game does a lot to differentiate it a lot more than Epistory did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like, if that's the design goal, I can't exactly fault them for it. Like, even if it's just not, maybe it isn't what I was looking for specifically. Yeah, yeah. It is still, like, it does a good job of it. Yeah, and I do agree. I feel like there should have been more of the wave base typing because like you 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 encounter it early on but then it's just like a super long time till you get to the next one and it just felt kind of weird yeah because uh, like i i like that sort of thing but i felt like it got a little old in epistory because it's like all that you really do mm-hmm. um but in this i'm like kind of itching for it at a certain point i'm like okay like because yeah you can go a long time without really typing very much right well it's like if they made a tetris rpg and <laughs> That you only actually drop blocks and make lines in like three fights, yeah. and then the rest of it was like a weird other thing. Yeah, so yeah, I do. I I, I agree that like the balance is kind of off there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I guess on that note, because this does relate to the wave-based stuff as well. But how did you feel about one just combat? generally Mm -hmm. and also the implementation of of the use of magic in combat because i'm i am of two minds both of them kind of positive though uh i liked it um i i think i really like the direction they went and i think they did implement it pretty well like being able to move around and um i think they handled like the speed of enemies well 
and um and I like that there were like enemies with like water on their back or like a little explosive fire thingy on their back that you can use to either you know like spill some acid from somewhere and then blow it up and take mm-hmm. out a bunch of enemies i I like what they're doing with that um it does feel like they could have maybe done a bit more but like for what it is i think it, i i liked it quite a bit and i liked it like especially in boss fights i don't remember if they had this in any regular fights but ones where you had to like move the floor to like get up to a certain spot and then do something like you know when you had to like use the environment and the type when you're using like all the shit you can do which right. ends up being a lot by the end of the game uh is probably when it was at its best i think yeah i did kind of <laughs> The end of the game ended up being uh, I, I sort of Majora's masked it a mm. bit because if you level up to the max, the last thing that you get is something called self. Um, it's the fourth spell shape, and it allows you to cast spells just on you, right? Uh, which absolutely breaks any puzzle that you could be doing because you can just cast it any spell on yourself and immediately activate the effect. I totally got that, but then proceeded to never use it smart move because i was like like but completely accidentally mm -hmm. i was like self what does that do and then proceeded to just like find out it just immediately (laughs) left my brain and i just like never used it uh yeah i i got it at a bad time because i think i i had it and then almost immediately went to uh the final boss and the final Mm. boss area is like get into his inner sanctum and there's a bunch of those little pillars that they want you to use zap on and i just use zap on me because i just Uh. had just gotten it and so i just basically typed three words and then walked into the final boss fight (laughs) uh so and i wasn't even really thinking about it i was just like this is an ability i have now let's try it and it worked real well and i just (laughs) did it and went through and it wasn't until after i was like i probably like totally bypassed the most intricate puzzle in the game it wasn't that hard Uh, okay all right that's good Uh, you actually didn't really rob yourself of much okay so it's actually fortunate you didn't get it till right before the end yeah uh right what i was going to talk about uh that that just sort of like spun off of was um the combat and the use of magic in it and the reason that I'm of two minds on it is that I felt like I didn't use magic in combat very often, mm. but I remembered in uh, Story always using Gust all the time yeah. without ever not using it because it just felt way too good. Mm. You just like pushed everything away and it just like... I thought Spark was the one. Oh, Spark may have been the one that I used all the time. Yeah, there were several I think, that yeah, were over-centralized. I think we talked about Gust being good, but a lot of the arenas weren't like designed for it because it would push the enemies to where you couldn't see the words. Right. Okay. So maybe it was Spark that yeah. was too good. Because it chained damage. That's what it was. So some of the the stuff in the first game felt over-centralizing, and like all you would do is just this one thing over and over again. So the fact that I didn't use magic is almost a good thing, mm. because it means that there wasn't anything that was just super overpowered. Uh, see, for me, I did that in this game, where uh-huh. it was it, everything was large, fire... <laughs> I I felt like fire was, like, the go-to, like, damage enemies spell. I guess that makes sense. Unless they were use it occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There are a few types of enemies. Also, like, uh, 
the turtle things and yeah. the guys who hang out in little holes. Yeah, and I actually liked one thing that I liked a lot was because it actually made me think of what spells I used is in the desert, if you use spark on those one enemies, they'd make their stuff grow out of the ground. Yeah. Uh, so you actually had to like think about what you used. So mm-hmm. I I thought that like the rest of the game could have used a little bit more of that, like in earlier areas. But oh yeah, yeah. I think that the in the overworld, I think that it works well. That's the time when you're thinking about using magic because it's yeah. like your puzzle solving thing. Mm-hmm. There's one like item that in order to get to it, you had to like lure these dudes before you get the water spell anyway you lure these dudes with water on their back like across this barren plain into mm. a little position and then you hit them kill them they explode and then you can freeze the water they leave behind to walk across like a bridge right uh and that's sick like i i love that as a as like a thing it makes you actually think and it makes the water spell which you get really late feel like an actual reward because then you know you you know now like oh these are things i can now do easier and faster using the spell mm-hmm. so i don't know i think i'm overall positive on it yeah no, maybe i, I should have tried the magic more than i did mm. uh but i i really didn't i mostly just type words <laughs> You just use the default, like, it's, like, push or pull, I think, yeah. is the default one that you use. I think that, well, maybe. I, cause when you I think it defaults push. to the first one you get. Because, mm. uh, yeah, it pushes the enemies back. Yeah, there's, like, a little bit of a push yeah. when you hit them with the 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 default spell. Yeah. But I think it's just, like, a regular mm. damage spell, but I don't actually know. Uh, if I if it was it was explained very very early on <laughs> right, and I you forgot. Just forgot yeah I I I don't remember either I just assumed that's what it was mm-hmm. but also might be wrong what did you think of the fox in this one <laughs> um I like that the fox was given a character that like speaks to the player in a way mm-hmm. or like into to the player character more so than the fox in Epistory did who was more of, like, a metaphorical stand-in. But (laughs) we talked about the narrative uh, being being that it was a concrete narrative and giving the fox an identity of a character was a little bit odd. I don't know. Maybe I'm just uncomfortable (laughs) with the idea of riding someone's son around Uh uh, like a horse. Uh, But (laughs) that's where, I don't know. I didn't I didn't hate him and mechanically I thought it was implemented I have a whole thing that yeah, I want to talk more about what I was was asking like how like uh, in the first game you were just stuck on the fox mm-hmm. and we kind of talked about how that made our perception of like what our character looked like kind of weird cuz like when you're moving the fox right so you kind of almost don't even see the girl yeah and you're like, story, this is the game where you play as a fox yeah so that was kind of weird so in this you only ride the fox when you hit shift right. uh, to run around. So use your sprint button. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it, it, I, I like that better mechanically. But like, I there's something about like them always being together, as corny as that sounds. Yeah, uh, in Epistory that I kind of like better too. So I don't know. I felt like kind of weird about it. <laughs> it's like uh, weird, like thematic mechanic stuff. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate the implementation of no, it. No, me neither. But my problem is more that <laughs> I hate doing this. Basically, 
we like to talk about video games from a design perspective. That's like what our focus is, Mm -hmm. is what we say, what's fun? Did this happen right? How was the writing here? Did this game come together as a whole? uh, Talking about this game from a development perspective, from a uh, does this game function properly perspective, Mm -hmm. this this is one of the more unpolished games I think that we've played in a long time and I think that the Fox contributes to that a lot Um, there were multiple instances where I would like sprint with the Fox into an area that I apparently wouldn't have been able to get into otherwise and then just get stuck Mm -hmm. and had to kill myself to respawn Um, and you know conveniently the game has a kill yourself button which is was ominous when I saw it the first time. I was like, why is there respawn on the main menu? Yeah, I could never type it. I always had to click on it. Yeah, they don't let you type it. That's I think weird. it's so you don't do it accidentally. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Though I don't know if you would type It's kind of a long word, word to accidentally <laughs> type, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, the, yeah, like, that was a thing, and... Just, like, movement in general, I think, is the game's biggest issue, like, technically... Yeah, it had some performance issues for me. I don't know about you, but, um, like, I had the settings down to where, like, the game should have run fine based on, like, what, the way it looked graphically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it still had, like, some stutter. But, yeah, and me, who historically doesn't encounter glitches in games, <laughs> definitely glitched into a few places. Yeah. So that says a lot. Uh, and I mean, but like, it's not so bad that like it really brings it down, or at least for me, yeah. Like it, it was rare enough that I didn't really mind. No, I bring it up mostly as just like that's the reason I didn't get on the fox that much. Oh yeah, because no, I felt I, like it was always a problem. Well, early on, you're in like the forest, and it feels like there's not really like big open areas to really run through. So I barely used it for like the first third of the game. Yeah, no, that's that's also true. Uh, and then just moving around on it, he gets caught on stuff really easily. Um, there's a whole mechanic that I praised earlier about creating pathways using the bramble and the ice, mm-hmm. um, and some cool puzzles later in the game where you combine the two. Um, and I loved the puzzle, but then you have to walk across them, and oh, like yeah, the, the border between them doesn't always work. The correctly. collision on those was weird. Yeah. So there's a lot of kind of, like, movement issues. Um, and I don't blame the fox thematically. I just blame <laughs> maybe it was a bit much. Yeah. I feel like they were going for, like, a elemental, like, combination system where they wanted, like, all the elements to have their own effects on different parts of the environment. Yeah. And that probably really complicates how you move around. Yeah. Specifically with those, like, bridges you make, though, like, it... it the way it looked was like it was like uneven terrain and it feels like they tried to make the polygonal mesh uneven yeah I, I feel like that can't be what they did because it feels <laughs> like it would make no sense but it's what it feels like in practice yeah like it's always at the edge i feel like it's something about the collision at like the edge of a cliff in oh the yeah beginning of a new thing no that's that's entirely that's where most of the issue yeah. comes from is when, is when things actually meet. And I imagine it's because they tried to make the collision, like like you say, like uneven. They made it match the the like the actual image mm-hmm. of, of what it looks like. So you have like... The texture. Yeah, you have the thing. Well, not the texture. I'm now realizing what you meant before. 
I'm oh, saying yeah. like I think that like because you are creating like individual instances of like ice, say, mm-hmm. they made the pathway match that, but because it's an isometric game, you need more clearance to get through areas, so it ends up being like if there's slightly too little area here where the other thing meets it you're gonna have to like go diagonal to fit through it and it ends up feeling kind of awkward and strange yep cool cool puzzle idea that i love yeah 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 bad bad (laughs) (laughs) uh traversal mechanic yeah uh but yeah that's that's all that's 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 about what i had on the box (laughs) i guess (laughs) Uh, I think that's about all I got. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I would say I'm running fairly low on stuff. Um, I do want to talk because we said the narrative wasn't entirely up our alley, mm-hmm. but I do want to talk about it at least briefly because it it has elements of it that I do like. Um, I I like the overall story. I think that having you enter the forest and then basically because they kind of rosalind gets separated from her like mentor who then just doesn't really who shows up at the very Very end end, yeah so like her backstory is not super important and that's fine um but you get you get separated and you start going through and doing some shit just based on what your modus operandi is Mm -hmm. so we'd look at plants type words about plants yeah because you're an archivist yeah so you go through and you discover all this stuff and then you get wrapped in and i like the fact that like the final boss is also like the character referenced in the other areas like by the end it felt natural that like you start putting the pieces together at the same time that the character's putting the pieces together and the fox puts the pieces together also for you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, <laughs> there's a through line through it. I think that it is narratively solid. Um, and so I know that we talked about in the first episode how we were like, this game felt like it had a really personal narrative that we, the audience, just didn't get. Mm-hmm. Like, we felt like there was more to it than the, we were the, able the to... The girl in the coma and everything. Yeah. And... <laughs> and it like we both were like I don't know if it was both of us or like JJ was involved um in this conversation but being like I, like I'm sorry I don't care oh. about your <laughs> No that was I think definitely JJ that said that. <laughs> yeah. It's like it feels rude to like, say. Like you feel like obligated to like <laughs> to to like the thing cuz you feel like it's like a passion project. Right. Yeah. Uh and so this gets to avoid that I guess. Um but I don't want to. I don't want to say in like basically contradictory things. I think that the vague narrative in Epistory was good for what it was. Yeah, but in the conclusion is what is it muddles it. Yeah, and then in in Nanotale, I feel like the story is narratively fine. Mm-hmm. It's very okay, but much more safe. And it's really safe. Yeah. yeah. And you go through and you fight a you fight a big snake and like, ooh, the boss had <laughs> got enraged the snake also. Uh and like who's got the true magic? These three people. Uh and it's like I don't know, it's cool. It's fine. Uh I think that the the presence of the word story and tale mm. in the names of these games makes me feel like they should 
double down on the narrative in yeah. either way. Like either a personal narrative that goes way further into the main character or a story like this where they put a lot more effort into making the NPCs interesting and like fleshing out the world. Yeah. One of those things has to happen or they need to change the name to like nanotype. Because <laughs> it's a game about typing. Uh, predominantly. And a fun, cool one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with all of that, I think, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I think, yeah, like, doing a game like this that's controlled with typing is probably difficult mm-hmm. um, as compared to just, like, implementing, like, a gamepad, which I'm sure there's a lot of, like, helpful pre-made tools and things uh, in game engines for that. Uh, so I feel like that's probably what eats up a lot of their time developing, and then the story they like do the best they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I agree. Like it, it's like a wish list kind of thing. Yeah, like I would like to see better stories in these. Um, yeah, it, it just yeah, it's like a, a nicer marriage between the mechanics and the story, or something, or as you say, go all out on the fantasy part, or go all in like a Celeste kind of personal narrative or something. Yeah. Celeste is such a good example here because Celeste uh, managed to have a really powerful story that focused on an individual character without having a lot of story. Like, it was just beats. Yeah, or like a short hike Mm. manages to hit really hard with relatively little. So, that sort of thing. Do we have... Uh, quirty thoughts yeah do we (laughs) i like quirty thoughts it's not Mm -hmm. bad uh yeah do we have quirty thoughts yeah um i like this game a lot um i i don't want to make any like uh definitive statements but like from what i was looking at i feel like people are like kind of mixed on this game but like for me i kind of just liked it better than epistory like i felt like it was just like a very good sequel but i'm in the camp that's likes that it went more for like a a zelda style game because i like zelda style games um and i could but i could totally see like if you're somebody who wants to like just type a lot because it's satisfying you're like oh yeah i really just want to like dig in and do a lot of typing uh how you would enjoy epistory more like for reasons that we discussed already like how it's a little bit more Mm arcadey when it comes to the typing aspect um but for me i I quite liked the puzzles i liked what they did with the movement and combat how you could just pop open the book and type at any time i liked that they got into doing like uh elemental environment interaction uh all the stuff that they did to like add like the additive iterative stuff that they added on top of f story really worked for me yeah um but it it is rough around the edges as we said like technically it's got some rough patches um and there's like some missed opportunities and things in there but, like for what this is i feel like i really kind of can't complain personally like i think this is very good and it hit the spot for me. Um, yeah, I feel like it's going to be like a, if you played the first one, uh, your like expectations based on that are going to kind of dictate how, how much you like this or don't like it. Yeah. Uh, so thumbs up for me. Like it, it landed on my side of the fence. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, and and speaking from the from the other side of the fence, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I did still like this game. Uh, I think that it is good. Uh, I feel like the developer is really earnest um, about sort of like what it is that they're trying to do with these games. Um, I, I never pick up this game and feel like it's way overshooting its its like possibilities, and I don't feel like it is holding back either like this isn't a this isn't a cheaply made easy game to just put out and make money it's a weird game in a weird genre niche yeah the nichest of niche (laughs) nichest genre maybe not the nichest but in there uh and it, it totally commits to it and i think that it works pretty well um my main complaints are just that i felt like the game one, it never got as challenging as as Epistory did, um, and because it lacks the arena mode, there's no way to sort of like force that on yourself. It's one of the few genres of game that I feel comfortable being like, give me the hardest like possible version of this, um, the, and the vocabulary was kind of limited. I felt like I was typing a lot of the same words a lot of times. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing, but I couldn't remember if I felt that about Epistory or not, so I didn't bring it up. Right. If I remember correctly, Epistory actually had a uh, like a dictionary update. Like, they added words Word to packs, it at some yeah. point. Yeah. Yep. And that's cool. Maybe that'll... Because Nanotale is still pretty new, so there's there's still like an opportunity for patches and stuff. Anything that we say in a game this recent by a small indie developer... Make sure that you check the patch notes before uh, taking our word for it, because anything that we said could have been changed. Um, But all of that being said, I still think this is a game that was made really well. Um, I think that the ideas are still there. Um, Epistory was a game that I liked a whole lot because of how unique it was. And Nanotale is a game that I like a whole lot for what it did, but I have a comparison point now. And I feel like they they probably, given time, fall pretty equally in my book. Um, I'm a bit of a bigger fan, bigger fan of, of Epistory right now, but Nanotale is still very cool, and I love the things that they did uh, to change their formula. So, thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about Tacoma, uh, which is Fulbright's... Uh, second game, I believe, after Gone Home. Uh, so, uh, more of a mechanics light game to follow this one. First person narrative mm-hmm. romp. Uh, so until that time, if you'd like to get a hold of us, all of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. There you can find our email address, our Twitter account, uh, our Discord server where you can talk about our games that we played. And also suggest other games for us to yeah, awkwardly that, say things yeah, about. Suggest games that we should play. Yeah, we. Uh, what what you didn't just hear was us going, "Fuck, what are we going to be talking about next time?" <laughs> and have to pull up a list that's like old, and some games are on it more than once, and it was <laughs> had to like pick and choose from it. Uh, you could help prevent that, um, and. When we do talk about that game that you love, that you wanted us to talk about, you can listen to it over on iTunes, on Google Play, or on our YouTube channel, where you can also find playlists of 
uh, all of the episodes in the main series in Pocket of Horror Games, and I might be adding a few more in the future. Mm -hmm. And if you like the content, you can go down into the comment section, you can type out uh, a response or a comment. Yeah, we're petitioning uh, YouTube right now to let you just type the word like in, (laughs) and then if you do that, it would like all of our videos at once. Yeah, if you type large... And then like, it'll mm. like all the videos. Please type sharp like into the <laughs> comments for us. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> type smash to smash that, that like, like button. button. Hey, this is bad.